I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Are you a, a libertarian? It's okay, you, you can admit it. Or you can whisper. You don't have to say whatever. Whatever. What, what are your views on... What's the libertarian platform view on punctuality? Does that mean to ask? Oh, sorry. I should be nicer. Yeah, we, didn't, we didn't link up with Spike there, the VP candidate. And, and it looks like there's been a, a, a scheduling, a little bungling on the, on the presidential end. But libertarians are like, I mean, they're like, they're, you know, like it's just hands off government. They're just free, uh, you know, stay out of my way, stay out of my business. Uh, I don't know. Is uh, They may be like anti-big clock. I don't know. Well, anyway, we, we are standing by. Uh, the, the plan uh, is to, as soon as we're able, have a conversation with uh, the libertarian nominee for president of the United States, Joe Jorgensen. So hopefully that comes together tonight. Uh, if you are of the mind to, to hear from the libertarians, you'll have an opportunity to do so. Uh, vice presidential nominee uh, Spike Cohen, a uh, young man about 38 years old, will be delivering remarks from the Utah State Capital. All right. Uh, on that note, here's what I want to do. I want to talk to you about uh, there was a topic earlier which I didn't have an opportunity to to resolve my full thoughts on. It has to do uh, with has to do with some remarks uh, by Dr. Anthony Fauci. We've been following uh, for some time really two things: the new data from the CDC and also uh, the idea of, of vaccines and a timeline uh, for those vaccines. Uh, there is some some research out. Uh, recently, which shows that, well, not everyone is too excited about getting a vaccine. The formula goes that we need to we need to get uh, a pretty healthy chunk of the population vaccinated if we are to uh, establish this herd immunity, as you know. And uh, there, uh, as communicated by the FDA commissioner, there is a willingness to fast track the approval of a handful of these drugs that are right now in phase three uh, testing. There's a there's like a, a calculation to be made uh, which weighs risk and benefit. And right now, uh, it is the estimation of the FDA commissioner that we are in a situation where we uh, we need to fast track that. We need to get uh, the vaccine currently under development into the bloodstream of Americans. Here's what Dr. Fauci had to say on that. Well, I've always said, and I think virtually all of my colleagues agree, and I don't think that's so much different from 
what Dr. Hahn said, if you go and talk about what he's actually meaning. You don't want a vaccine to be available widely to the American public unless it's been shown to be safe and effective. Safe and effective. Safe and effective. The way the FDA approves things, it comes really in uh, in two phases. There's FDA cleared and then FDA approved. Cleared means that it is safe, that, uh, you know, the FDA has no position on the efficacy uh, of this, but it will say that it is safe. And you'll see FDA cleared on a number of products, often some of those like uh, kind of like fringe products. I'm not exactly sure if that's like real medicine or a real technique or not. Uh, FDA cleared. Uh, it's it's my practice to be a little leery of FDA cleared. Uh, but uh, what it means is that the FDA has looked at it and said, yeah, this won't hurt you. Uh, we're not going to say whether or not it will help. Uh, we're not ready to say that, yes, it will definitely cure whatever ails you. Uh, but uh, you know, if you you know rub this behind your ear, or uh, I don't know, if you zap yourself in the shoulder with that electricity, uh, you, it's it's not going to hurt you. It's not going to hurt you. And so, when you hear uh, safe and effective uh, that language used by those uh, in the FDA, and also Dr. Fauci with his great familiarity with the organization, uh, know that uh, they're they're referring to those two steps. And so, there is the ability. Uh, to to clear things uh, which are not yet demonstrated to be 100% effective uh, or even 70 or 50% uh, effective. But uh, right now, as uh, as they are working out whether or not uh, these vaccines are safe, there is this conversation in commencing uh, which uh, will ultimately lead to a decision by the FDA to to release it early in the phase three trials before they are completed. Now, why do I bring this up? Well, I, I'm obsessed with this vaccine notion. I'm, I'm obsessed and anxious, of course. I cannot wait for this to get rolled out. I, I will uh, do what I can uh, to, to, to get myself a vaccine. Now, I'm going to certainly defer to the prioritization lists that come from uh, probably the Utah Department of Health. They have uh, a doctor there whose job it is to uh, to come up with a plan uh, for the rollout, deferring, of course, to CDC guidance as uh, the conversation has gone as to who will get the vaccine first. Uh, you know, that's a conversation for a different day. But when it's my turn, uh, I will say, yes, please uh, inject me or let me sniff that or however the vaccine uh, is administered. Uh, I will eagerly receive it and encourage my uh, family to do the same. And coworkers, you hear that? Producer Amy? Remember you were like anti? Oh, no, you weren't. You were cool with it? You just put it up? Oh, okay, okay. All right. You remember early in the in this program's history, uh, producer Amy, right here in this studio, got herself a, a flu shot. That's a trooper. Maybe, maybe write, write this idea down. Maybe when vaccines become available for the the, the coronavirus, uh, we can get our vaccines here in studio. I'll do that. Uh, the reason I bring that up, the reason I talk about my willingness, is because there is a poll conducted uh, recently by CNN, and it found that one third of Americans, if given the opportunity uh, to receive a COVID-19 vaccine, that they would decline it, that they would decline it. One third of Americans said they would not try to get vaccinated against COVID, even if that vaccine was widely available at low or no cost. That blew me away. I couldn't believe it. I, I presumed, I predicted that there would be a certain percentage of those uh, not too excited about a vaccine, right? The, uh, the, but those are, like the, those are like the conspiracy people. Th- those are the ones uh, who think that uh, Bill Gates is involved in, uh, in all this. And along with your vaccine, you're going to get a microchip that's going to control your thoughts and track your movements. 
for the record, I don't think that's going to happen. But I am aware that there is a fraction of the of the population that believes that that is the case. I did not think, I did not think that that uh, population would amount to one-third of all Americans. Now, I'm not saying that a third of Americans believe the microchip's going in along with the vaccine, uh, but uh, it is uh, stunning and staggering uh, for me to, to, to learn that, at least according to this poll, that a third of Americans not interested in the vaccine. Are, are you in this pool? Are you one of those uh, who will shy away from the vaccine once and if it is uh, available widely at an affordable cost or no cost? I'm so curious, and I know I've been making some jokes and stuff here, uh, but I I do want to hear from you. I I am genuinely curious uh, to know know your thoughts. So can I ask you this favor? To wrap up the program, why don't you and I talk vaccines? Get on the phone, 801-575-8255. 801-575-TALK. That's the KSL Talk line. Uh, Pick up the phone. Give me a call. And listen, I know I've been making jokes about microchips and mind control and uh, conspiracy and all that. Uh, But I'm going to set that aside. It's going to be all serious, all business. I want to know if you are uh, pro or anti-COVID-19 vaccine. I I just want to hear your thoughts. 801-575-8255. Final segment. It's you and me chatting here on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Welcome back to the final segment of today's episode of Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. We've been talking about vaccines, specifically uh, the, the COVID-19 vaccine, which, uh, according to some, is reaching the end of certain phase three trials uh, by some of the uh, developers of uh, these types of Vaccines and the FDA commissioner has made it known that he could uh, he could approve some of these vaccines which are nearing the end of their phase three trials uh, because they have been deemed safe or when uh, they are deemed uh, safe safe and effective is the the ultimate goal but uh, right now we kind of have to uh, weigh uh, the urgency of this pandemic uh, uh, or the urgency rather that we have uh, to to overcome this pandemic with. Um, you know, a, a certain element of unknowing. There is a certain measure uh, of unknown uh, before us uh, w- with this vaccines. In fact, some of them, uh, you know, are 50 percent effective, 70 maybe. I think measles got uh, set the high water mark. I think we're about 98 uh, percent effective with the measles vaccine. Um, but anyway, my question to you is, and I, and I asked this question only after uh, coming in contact with uh, a fascinating survey which asked Americans if they would be willing and eager to receive a vaccine once it was uh, made available, a vaccine against the coronavirus. And the poll results come back indicating that uh, that one third of Americans would not seek out a vaccine. What are the beliefs held by uh, the by that fraction of the of the, of the community? Do they not believe the, the virus exists? Do they think that there is uh, something in the vaccine, that there's some sort of Bill Gates element to it all? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, on the line, uh, we have Angela from Provo joining me. A- Angela, what do you think about all this? W- would you, will you get a vaccine when it's available? Oh, absolutely not. But I just wanted to say, I'm really, really excited for you to get a vaccine. T- tell me, tell me now. Explain both of those positions. <laughs> um, well, I don't. I I don't think that they're safe. I don't think that. It's something I don't want to take the chance. There's been too many studies that have shown that they've had all kinds of carcinogenic and other harmful products that are on the label in the vaccine. So why would I even 
Well, we're, ta- we're, we're talking about COVID-19 vaccine, right? Yeah, well, I haven't seen the label of that. Oh, okay. But just, yeah, yeah. Just going, just going on past history. But um, so, so... Okay, now t- t- tell, me, tell me why you're eager for me to get a vaccine. <laughs> because, because I think all the people who talk the way you do, because yeah. cause what you did there in that whole segment was a lot of, like, innuendo. Of, like, if someone doesn't want to get a vaccine, then they must be kind of loopy and crazy or something, even though you didn't use those words, because, you know, whenever you bring up the conspiracy thing, that's like synonymous with the, that kind of idea. Okay. So it's just, you're just kind of undermining and discrediting people who have really legitimate reasons for not wanting to put a substance in their body that has um, a really bad track record. There's so many professionals, you know, Sherry Tenpenny has come out, um, Pamela uh, Popper and and uh, Dr. Andrew Kaufman, just to name a few. I mean, yeah. there's tons. Suzanne Humphreys, and these are all doctors that have, you know, gotten all kinds of uh, yeah. training in uh, Western medicine. Yeah. Then- well, well, listen. I don't mean to be rude. I'm going to cut you off there and just make this point. Uh, these that that list that you just rattled off there. Uh, not one of them have had their hands on the a coronavirus vaccine. And my question is: once one is out and available, and it's safe uh, and determined to be effective, are you willing to take it? So don't uh, you know? Listen, we're not going to air uh, these types of attitudes where we're basing our opinions of today's uh, cure uh, on old uh, labels we're, we're reading. Sorry if I sound rude there, but come on. Uh, all right, next up, Walt from Holiday. Walt, sir, h- how are you? Will you be getting a vaccine once it's safe and available? Well, I'm kind of on the ropes for it. I'll right. probably end up getting it, but I'll consult with my doctor first okay. and check with all the risks and see what those are. Um, you know, and I've seen all the conspiracy videos about it and everything, and I'm like, you know what? But still, it's up to my doctor. My doctor is the one that's going to control it. She's the one that's going to give it to me. If she feels it's safe, then that's I guess that's what I need. I think that's I think that's wonderfully wise. Uh, one of the one of the drums that I've been beaten from the beginning of this coronavirus pandemic is that it can be very confusing. It can be very scary. There is so much unknown, and so as we try to uh, you know inform ourselves, as we look for our like COVID North Star, uh, I think we are very wise to do exactly what you have said. Turn to your doctor. Uh, your doctor knows exactly. you and your body uh, better than uh, better than anyone, and so uh, you know if if the doctor recommends it, uh, someone who has dedicated their life, their livelihood, their career to study in the human body, uh, if they give the now that's not to, that's not to give a free pass to all doctors, uh, you know because no. you know sometimes mistakes are made, but uh, but in terms of pandemic and all things uh, medical, uh, you know maybe it's a doctor we refer to. Sir, thank you so much right. for listening. Thank you for your response. Uh, moving on to Provo, Bob uh, from Provo has some thoughts on this, sir. If a vaccine's safe and effective, uh, are you going to get yourself one? Yes, I think I would. I have faith that those that will be testing this will be actually quite vigorous in determining that it's safe and effective. And of course, I would want to get my uh, physician's approval, but. My feeling is that uh, we're, as a nation, very innovative and have, have a track record of innovation, and that we certainly ought to have faith in those that are doing their best to enable us to overcome this virus. And this would be certainly part of that effort uh, in having a safe and effective vaccine, and I would certainly be one who would be anxious to take it. 
Outstanding. Bob, thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, thank you. You bring up uh, some good points there. You, you bring up uh, something that I uh, believe very strongly in, and it is that uh, we here in the United States and in the Western world and all over the world, we have had, in particular here in the United States, we have had miraculous leaps forward in the field of medicine. Now, I understand that insurance and paying for medicine, I, I, I know that that is a, a worthwhile debate, uh, and I know uh, that we really ought to you know, restructure the system in certain areas to, to make it a little uh, more easy, more, more accessible to, to, to everyone. But what I also know, what I also know is that here in the United States, our life expectancy is pretty good. It's not the top of the list. You know, we're not the best, and in fact, we've dipped a bit. Uh, But historically, we have a pretty good trajectory for ever increasing our life expectancy and infant mortality rates. Infant mortality rates are uh, on a good trajectory as well. And for me, uh, those are the two measures. Are we able to bring new life into this world safely, and are, are we able to prolong the life that is here? And compared to much of the world, uh, we are doing very, very well. And in fact, much of the success uh, elsewhere on this planet is due uh, to the medical innovations which have originated here uh, in this fine country. And you take all that and you look at this global battle that we're fighting against the pandemic and you can't help uh, but be eager and optimistic about the safety and the efficacy of the vaccines being developed and uh, about those who oversee their approval. All right. I'm willing to put my faith in this system. I will. uh, If In fact, you know, I I signed up on a number of those sites to to volunteer to be a a vaccine tester. Yeah, I was on there. I gave my uh, I gave my info. Uh, for whatever reason, they didn't want my blood, uh, and so I didn't participate in any of those studies. But uh, but I was willing because I have faith in the process, and I have faith that someday, very very soon, uh, we will encounter a vaccine. And I do that because I'm pulling my hair out with this COVID thing. Anything we can do to get it behind us, <laughs> let's get it done. Uh, all right. And so hopefully that one third of Americans indicating they're not too eager uh, to to inject themselves with the vaccine. Hopefully they'll rethink things. Because it's better for all of us. Time for me to step aside. Time now for Jeff Kaplan's Afternoon News here on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do? in the face of an international disaster decades in the making. That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.